Welcome to season two at Horror Cafe. Can you believe we are in our second season? I know. Second year. So exciting. We made it. We made it. We, we really committed. We survived. We did it. This is Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror, one episode at a time. I'm Jackie. And I'm Erica. And this month, we are doing Erica's January Picks. Want to say why? Because it's my birthday month. Yay! <laughs> so this is season two, episode one, one of my newer favorites, the little known, but maybe big known in horror, Hell House LLC. But not only is it your one of your new favorites, it's also your your favorite genre. One of my favorites. Yes, one of your favorites. Excuse me. Found footage. <laughs> <laughs> Can never get enough of a good found footage. Yeah. So what are we drinking today? Well, I'm having a home brewed coffee today. Oh, I found I'm this shocked. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I found this cool coffee at Aldi and it's a bourbon coffee. How was it? It was really good. I really recommend it. Okay. Let's go buy some more <laughs> before they run out. You know how Aldi is. Yeah, I know. Was it an Aldi find? Yeah, it of was. It, it was, was in the Aldi Finds area. Course. I think it's because it's seasonal. Remember, we're recording this yes, way in advance, yes, but yes. it was really good. And of course, I added my splash of vanilla syrup, cream. Mm. It was very good. It well, even smelled when you open the bag. Yeah. Oh, the aroma is great. Well, so thank you crack for, it open. Thank you for bringing me one. You're welcome. I haven't opened it yet. I'm finishing off the bag that I have in um, in the um, in the pantry. Once that one's done... I'm hitting the bourbon coffee. Oh, I don't care. You should have like your weekend coffee. Like <laughs> you're right. Like a little you're canister right. of just your weekend coffee. That's what I'm doing. But I, I'm always afraid that it'll go stale. That's Not if why. you put it in an airtight container. I know, I know. You're right. Come on you're now. Right. You're right. <laughs> and I could actually make it with that really cool um, drip, drip thing that you got. I don't know what it's officially called. I can't remember. Me either. Which I love because I love just preparing. The preparation of it is just the... The most fun part of it. Right. And what are you drinking? I am drinking a Javalia Dark Roast. I think it's the Royal Dark Roast. Boring. Move on. What? Uh, Whatever. Shake it up. (laughs) Shake it up. Okay, sure. (laughs) Okay, so we just had a (laughs) 20-minute chat. Not even about... (laughs) Outside of of the recording. Um... (laughs) Because that's how we are. That's we how just, we are. We super digressed about... All kinds of stuff. Nothing related to the movie. But hey, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. So here we're back. So you want to go over the plot? Sure. Very simple plot. Five years after 15 people were killed during a haunted house tour, a documentary crew visits the scene to investigate what really happened. 15 people died? I don't remember that part. Do you? No. <laughs> I do not. But, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't remember that. Anyway, I remember you are the one that introduced me to this movie. You watched it on your own. Yep. On one of those, you know, days that dad was off mm-hmm. with grandma. You immediately called me, text me, whatever it was at the time, and told me you have to watch this movie because you know I love found footage. Yep. Horror, everything. And I loved it. We watched it together for the first time for me. Mm-hmm. And I love this movie right away. I was screaming the whole time. Yes, you were. And we watched it. I think this is the fourth time I see it for you five. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's pretty, <laughs> that's excessive, right? Yes. And every time, because we watch it very spaced out, every time I, I, I don't remember the details and it gets me. It makes me scream to this day, as you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even after we watched the movie and I went home, I was a little spooked. I was waiting for one of those cloaked figures in the back of the house to just come and get me. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about this movie is that I always kind of forget the little details. I almost, almost forget what it's about. I know we've seen it a bunch of times, but I almost forget. And because of that, it still manages to spook me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly not as much as it does for me. With you, evidenced by the recording of you screaming your head off. Thanks. Which I will be sharing today because it yeah, was hilarious. I'm going to put it in here. But you know what? Yeah, it still spooks me. I, I still like this movie. It's 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 small scares that get you enough that get you. They get under your skin. The found footage aspect works for this movie because it's so grainy. Mhm. And it's pretty crappy, the the filming, but it's done but it it's with fine. intention. And that's what makes it spooky, because then whatever makeup or special effects you have are covered by the graininess, which is fine. Yeah. But it just delivers. Yes, it every does. T- clearly. Yeah. <laughs> it delivers every time. Okay, so let's go into movie facts. This, I, I feel like I've said this on repeat in a lot of our episodes, but I, I do genuinely get very surprised with certain Rotten Tomato scores. Yep, I, I can see it. I, I I agree with you. The critics gave this 75. Yeah. Mom, <laughs> 75 know. for this little, I this is like a little hidden gem mm-hmm. in my world. Yep. And the audience, 72. Yeah, no, it's a well-received movie. I mean, it's not that well-known, I think, but... It's really liked a lot. People love this movie. People when they see really it. like it, and I've I've um, read about it and read it. it do, if you're a horror fan, you more than likely do know about it more than obviously somebody outside of horror. But it's just it hits home. Yeah, it does. It's so good. And even some of the YouTubers that I follow that talk about scary movies and whatever, um, they. I was surprised. A lot of them were like, this is a great movie. Yeah. So. It's very simple. Like we said, it's simple. Simple plot. Grainy. Technically shitty, but it just, it works for itself. Yeah, it does. The shittiness makes it work. Yep. Yep. And, well, we'll get into it later. Yeah. Anyway, it was released on November 28th in 2016, streaming. Mm-hmm. This would have been cool in the theater. God, yeah, it would have been. If they ever do think of releasing it, like one of those Fathom events or mm-hmm. whatever that they release it, I yep. would so go. Yeah, I would too. To watch I would. it. I would do a midnight movie with this one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We need some caffeine, though, because you know me. Well, you come on. By 10 I'm o'clock, it's over, or sometimes before, <laughs> on the sofa. I'm, we're, we're, we're both old ladies. We fall asleep very early. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This was filmed in a real haunted house attraction in Pennsylvania. It was it's called Haunting at the Waldorf 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 <laughs> Hotel because <laughs> they couldn't find like the right place or abandoned place to mm-hmm. film at, so they actually filmed at a real haunted attraction. <clears throat> the interviews were filmed in New York. 
there is a director's cut that adds eight minutes to the film. And we did watch it once. I don't remember. So you can watch this on Amazon with your subscription for free, mm -hmm. but you can rent the director's cut. Hmm. And that's why one time when we were going to rewatch it, we saw that there was a director's cut av available, but we had to pay. And we actually did pay for it that one time. I mean, it was probably the second time we watched it. So it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. There's very small differences. I'm going to say what, what they are. Um, it creates a more satisfying ending because it explains as to why the bodies couldn't be recovered, which I kind of remember that happening, but not really. And then at the end, you know, in the basement scene where you see the girl, Melissa, the actress, where uh -huh. she's in distress mm -hmm. and those cloaked figures come out. In the director's cut, there's like an explosion and the portal opens, which we, that's why I'm saying I remember the portal thing, mm -hmm. but then I don't remember if the portal was addressed in part two and three, because there are, there is part two and three. Yes, there is. And they're, they're actually good too. Yeah, but honestly not as good as the first well, one. Well, clearly. Yeah. There's, you know, there's always that thing. Nothing is as good as the first one yeah. for most movies. So there's like a, you know, a portal in the basement that it shows and then there's like a fiery light mm -hmm. and some growling from a, you know, a demon. And then I think just overall some more explanation is given throughout the movie. I know we watched it because like I said, the the portal sounds familiar. I'm really blank on <laughs> having watched it. But if you say I did, then I believe you because, yeah, I just sometimes don't remember. I've actually asked you. Yeah. Have, I, have we seen that? Yeah, I know. It's like an ex a new experience every time. <laughs> it, it is a new experience. <laughs> okay, on to movie observations. I'm going to introduce the five main characters and then three sub-characters. Supporting characters, right. I guess. The five main characters are Alex. He is the creator of Hell House. Sarah, she is Alex's girlfriend, and she's one of the producers, let's mm -hmm. say. There's Paul, who's the camera guy from there when they're doing the filming on their end. Tony, Mac, who is Alex's best friend and producer as well. Tony also helps with the I think he does the prop work. Something I mean, a they all yeah. have a role yeah. in making the haunted house come to life. Melissa is the one of the actresses that they hire for the haunt. She is the damsel in distress in the basement. She's mm -hmm. the one that ends up getting handcuffed to the ceiling as part of the Act, effect yeah. yeah joey who is the clown actor yes folks there is a clown uh, many many <laughs> and then diane who is the reporter who is technically making the documentary she's right. the one interviewing sarah right um in the movie the movie opens with a, it looks like a documentary already being made that has been made mm -hmm. talking about the Abaddon Hotel chaos tragedy something that happened at the hotel which is the the location of Hell House haunt right basically we see this Diane reporter she's trying to break into the now abandoned again mm -hmm. it's not abandoned again Abaddon Hotel it's like <laughs> why <laughs> you know being nosy yep we also get a YouTube video of a haunt goer, right? That they filmed their haunt, the walk through the through the haunted house, and you see 
chaos happening. They mm-hmm. try to get to the basement, but the, as they get to the basement, they're being pushed told, back up. Go back up. Go yeah. back up. There's yeah. also a photographer who went to go take photographs of inside, you know, inside of Hell House. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't go in the basement. Smart guy. Yeah. There was something stopping him from going inside. Even your dad made a comment. He's like, I wouldn't go down there. Oh, yeah. Dad is still our third, you know, movie night viewer. (laughs) He was definitely making a lot of those comments throughout the movie. I could tell he was actually enjoying this one. Yeah. But he kept saying, nope, nope, I'm not going in there. Why why are they doing that? (laughs) He would definitely follow all the rules. All the rules, yeah. If he was involved in this situation. What we learn from the documentary and from Diane's interview, the reporter, is that no one wants to talk about what happened that night. Apparently, there's some kind of gag order on everyone. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, gets her very curious. And somehow she ends up finding one of the organizers, who is Sarah, to actually open up and talk. And in that interview, Sarah then puts a bag of recordings that the police never got. Dun, dun, dun. And apparently Sarah is the only survivor Mm -hmm. of the group. Of the group, yes. And now begins the flashback to the group organizers to the very beginning of the story. Correct. Right. Right. So, you know, they're all in this, I think they're in a van and they're driving towards towards Abaddon, the city of Abaddon, the small town. And all of a sudden, there's another scene where three of the characters are still inside the van, and you see Alex, who is, in my opinion, the owner of um, Hell House LLC, and his best friend, Mac, and they're arguing outside. But we don't know about what. But we don't know about what, but this is pivotal, in a way, to later later on. So we'll get into the why of it a little bit further down, but it's important to, to note that. They get to the hotel. Of course, it's run down, abandoned, no power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do what anybody would do when you get somewhere you investigate. Of course. They have walkies to keep in touch with each other. They're up in the attic, and Tony gets a weird interference. Mm-hmm. So, But he brushes it off because those things can get interference from Yeah, depending elsewhere. on where you are, too. But listen... It sounded creepy as hell. It did. But hey, he wasn't spooked. Then they go to the basement. (laughs) But on the way to the basement, they don't see it. But you, the audience, see that they pass by a room and we see the very first cloaked. Yeah, hooded cloaked I got goosebumps. Yeah, it's just you see nothing but the outline of this thing. Well, they, they... For the film purpose, they, like, stop on it so that you, the viewer, can see, oh, shit, something's already going down. But they're not seeing it. They're just walking by, like, la-di-da, let's explore. Right. And la-di-da, they went to the basement (laughs) and found all these, the Bibles, and it looked like a satanic, you Mm -hmm. know, markings on the wall, and it just looked creepy down there. They don't seem phased by any of this. I... I mean, I just would have been like, what the fuck, man? This is this is not okay. I mean, this was a hotel. It's not like it was a haunt right. before. You don't think this is odd? Yeah. Like, come on. Even if it was people fucking around, 
this is not okay. Because you just never know. <laughs> it's not okay in our world. It's not. Where we it's pretty not in much mine. live a horror movie every day of our well, lives. Well, I'm in a horror movie state of mind 24-7. Yes, you, you are. always have to be cautious and aware of your situation and surroundings. It's situational awareness. You never know. <laughs> they set up surveillance cameras around the whole hotel, obviously to keep, you know, security during the haunt. Mm-hmm. They can't set it up in the basement. Well, it doesn't seem to work. I'm so surprised. Is that not a red flag? Wait. All wait. right. All right. Here we go. I not know where you're going to go. Not necessarily. It's the same idea behind cell phones. Sometimes you're deep in something or in a building right. and your cell phone won't have reception. I can see that happening here. I don't know what the technology behind all that is, mm-hmm. but if it's not a hard cable doing it, then, yeah, I could see that further down into a basement, you may not have that reception. Fine. <laughs> Fine. We have to also be a little logical, but I, yeah. But I it just it. adds to the creep factor. It sure does. <laughs> they also got the power back up, and now they're staying there. Yes. In the upstairs. So the hotel is two stories. The downstairs, well, three, because, you know, the basement. Yeah, right. You have the main level, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the, I guess... I don't know if they really had a lobby, but they had a dining room. I think they had like you know, a reception area, sure. A little reception, a bar. Yeah. And then upstairs is where, you know. All the rooms are. Where the rooms are. It's a very small hotel. I think, as always, it looks like it would have been kind of cool in there. Right. Back in its heyday. Right. What when it was new. It, it looked like it was really cool. It looked cool. like it would have been pretty yeah. cool. But anyway, they start sleeping there. Which, of course, you would never do. No. Okay. I wouldn't be participating in creating a haunted house. At a place that had... A haunting. Yeah. Well... That had just, a history of yeah. something. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, so we see Paul, who is their cam- their official camera guy, mm-hmm. you know, messing around. There's this old piano in the hotel, but there's also this mannequin that they put there, and there's sheet music, mm-hmm. and he's, like, messing around with this creepy mannequin thing, <laughs> and he starts playing this tune mm-hmm. and i gotta say this is it's, it's very short and i think it's only and i know nothing about music but it sounds like the same notes maybe being just repeated over and over and then the piano's out of tune so it adds, adds to, to it. it so let let's take a listen and see what folks think okay <laughs> Ever since we watched it, you know, the first time, I've never forgotten it. See how I said it last season that horror does have a relationship with music. I'm not saying that a horror movie wouldn't be as successful without music, but a lot of these movies are successful because of some type of music or theme or something Mm -hmm. to make you feel scared. Yep. And initially you're like, okay... But then this whole theme, I mm-hmm. call this the theme mm-hmm. of this movie, plays throughout the sequels, and it's just, it'll come later. It's just haunting. It is. It's a haunting sound. It's perfect. I kind of hate hearing it at the same time, but I like hearing it. No, I don't, I mean, I don't like hearing any of this outside of don't. its context, <laughs> especially Sinister. <laughs> and when I have to edit with headphones, 
It sucks. Okay? It <laughs> no sucks. No escaping it. No. Because then it's just around you in high definition. Yeah. I get it. But I think it's great. It It's really effective. Even now, it mm. freaked me out. It spooks It spooks you. Yeah, it does. You? Does it spook me? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. But I like it at the same I know. time. Unlike you, good. I kind of like it. It creeps me out in the right way. Yeah. I, I, I know that sounds weird, but... It's effective. Yeah. And, and so... The next thing you see is Paul, he's in his room, he's lying down, he's facing the camera, and he's just talking into the camera. And as he talks, Mm. it's kind of dark in his room, you see a woman walk in, but she's silhouetted, so you can't see who it it is. It's a cloaked figure. No, you can see her hair. You can see her hair. Okay, fine. But the point is somebody walks in. Yes, but he thinks it's Sarah, because he turns around quickly and he's like, Sarah... And there's no answer. And then it just walks out. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> In the meantime, they flash back to Diane and part of the documentary setup. And what we discover or learn is that one of the hired help made it out of the basement. But nine days later, he hung himself. This was Joey the clown. Right. And this is where we learn the history of the Abaddon Hotel. You want to tell it? Sure. Apparently, the owner of the hotel was Andrew Tully. The name Abaddon is actually the name of a demon who is the gatekeeper to hell. And it's also the name (laughs) of the hotel and the town, right? That's true. So, is the town like a gateway to hell? (laughs) And it's just that the hotel is the portal? (laughs) That is weird. That's a good point. Yeah. But Hmm. then, of course, it also brings to mind a show that your dad and I watched all the way through to the end, Supernatural. Mm -hmm. For those of you who watched it, you know, big shout out to you guys. Um, And they talk about Abaddon a lot in the show. So when they would bring this up, I immediately would think of that show, Supernatural. Yeah. And Hell House. Yeah. Then apparently a mother and daughter disappeared when they were staying at the hotel Mm -hmm. and it slowed business down. Tully ended up hanging himself right right there in the hotel. Mm -hmm. So that's the the creepy history. Of the Abaddon Hotel. And the town apparently. Uh, Yeah. At this point, this is when everything goes to hell in a bread basket, so to speak. No pun intended. Exactly. This is when it starts to amp up and things start to happen. Now they're setting up all these props Mm -hmm. in the hotel. And then they set up the basement props. You want to get into that? They set up these three clown mannequins. Your favorite. They are creepy as hell. All three of them. One in particular is very creepy to look at. I don't know. To and it's me, like they, the star of the clowns. <laughs> the star clown. Yeah. I don't know that they were all creepy. But yeah, I, I will say that the main character clown mm-hmm. was a little alarming to look at. That night, they heard all of them, or well, Sarah didn't wake up, just the guys. They heard something from downstairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one good thing I'll give them is that they didn't go down to investigate. Mm-hmm. They just stood at the foot of the stairs and were like, we heard something, but we're not going down there. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't go down either. But <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I wouldn't be there in the first place. <laughs> That's true, too. 
Now it's the next day. They're still in the setup. Mm-hmm. Paul's going around. So he's he's documenting the haunt, like the setup and the whole thing as, you know, a memory. He goes to towards the basement and there's the cl- the star clown mannequin. The main clown. Just standing there. It's creepy. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, who put this here? They're just screwing around. And when he he pans the camera towards the basement, and when he puts it back towards the clown, now the clown is looking at him. And he thinks it's one of the guys. He thinks it's Joey. Messing with him. Of course, I have to say that this is a part where your dad goes, yeah, no, I would be out of there. Yeah. It's like, that. that's enough. <laughs> they They get into this fight because they're like, we weren't over there. And they review the footage, and only Paul seems to be affected by how creepy this situation yeah, n- is. Yeah, no one here is freaking out. Because now they think Paul did it. Right. When they review it, they're like, oh man, you did a good, you know, like, you did it. Right. Poor Paul can't catch a break. Not only did this happen, now they want him to be like one of the haunt goers mm-hmm. to kind of like go through one of the hallways to make sure the props are okay, the lighting. Right. This part, you you were like, what? <laughs> no way. <laughs> There's three what they call freaks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're propped mannequins in there. In it's this very narrow, narrow, narrow hallway. You know, there's spider webs. And they use one of my favorite, sarcasm, things in a haunted house. A strobe light. I hate those. I know you do. I hate it. I just, honestly, I will, I don't, I'll never say never, but. I'll say it anyway. I will never go to a haunted house ever again. I can't handle it. My dreams of going to Universal (laughs) Horror Nights with you are just abandoned. They're done with. I'm too scared. It's too much on my psyche. Fine. Fine. Maybe. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the lights go out. They use the strobe and, you know, Paul's filming it. And then all of a sudden, now there's more than the three freaks. And of course, because it's a strobe light from one light to the next, they're getting closer to him. And he's freak. He's freaking out. He's freaking out and nobody seems to care. Yeah. Like nobody is. These people are so out of touch. But Paul realizes he's the only one. that something's going on here. There's a lot of red flags. Hello. And they're not paying attention to him. Nope. Except Paul. They show the viewer us a close up of how there were more people, things, freaks, <laughs> freaks in that hallway when they did like a still shot mm-hmm. from Paul's camera. Right. He was right. There are other beings in the hotel with them. Paul is having a very bad day. It is <laughs> later that night. And yet again, the main clown, the star clown mm-hmm. is found on the stairs. At the foot of, you know, at the bottom of the stairs. stairs. That that goes up to the rooms. Mm -hmm. And Paul goes down and just like kind of touches his head. Somebody. One of them goes down. One of them goes down and touches the the clown's head. And they realize that it's one of the mannequins. So they're like, how do they not wonder how that clown got there? Anyway. they still probably think that this is. You know, Paul messing around, somebody messing around with them in the within the hotel. So they decide to take it back down to its room, the basement. And on the way down, <laughs> they yeah, they find Sarah just staring at a wall and she's just talking, speaking very quietly, but in another language. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and still 
these people are just like and they they you know they grab her and she she snaps out of it and you know she starts like crying and freaking out but then when they turn back towards the stairs now the mannequin's gone again right. they it's gone from where they left it to go talk to sarah yeah it it's just i mean how is that not weird and then there's a grandfather clock i love grandfather clocks yes you do by the way i know you do it chimes and then all of a sudden the dining room is in pristine condition mm-hmm like Do it's set up for a dinner, right? Yes. Yeah. And the dining room is where Andrew Tully, the original owner, hung himself. Hung himself. Yeah. Like, hello. <laughs> Why would that magically happen before your eyes? Somebody, you know, that's definitely not a human playing with you now. Right. This is obviously from the beyond. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> These people are morons, except for Paul. Yeah, Paul's Paul's got it going on. He knows. He knows. Paul's night gets worse. Because now he wakes up in the middle of the night and there's this woman sitting in the room with him. Up against the wall. But she doesn't exactly look fresh. No. She looks like she's kind of decomposing, I guess. Yep. She ain't pretty. No. He freaks out. He hides. He hides under the covers. Mm -hmm. And when he looks, she gets closer. She starts to get up. And then he really freaks out and he is under the covers. Like I would probably be for sure how you would be. And he's just flipping out. Then <laughs> he pulls the cover down and there she is. And all you hear is no. And then out goes the lights. But I think we need to play how you reacted <laughs> to this scene in the movie. Because this is Erica... Pretty much at all super scary movies like this one. <laughs> Fine. I recorded her because I knew that this scene in particular would freak her out. So roll it. Rolling. Mm-mm. Nope. What, what did she do? She just looked at him. He's yeah, under his... That was a good scream. Yes, it was. I must say. I could be a scream queen. Okay. <laughs> I got all my stress and adrenaline out on that scream. I think you did. I, I I agree. You you let it all out. It felt good. That's what I like about horror movies. It's it's weird stress relief, but then stressful at the same time. So weird, right? It's stress inducing, but it helps you relieve stress. The stress of the week. I, I get that. I actually do. That's get why that. I like horror movies. <laughs> it has a weird balance there. Okay, so now I know what to do. When you're having a stressful week at work, I'm just going to play this one scene from over the entire movie no, At some you. point, it's going to be useless. <laughs> I did mention, though, what if he hadn't pulled down the covers? What if he had just stayed under the covers? Would he have not been attacked? I don't know. Hmm. I think I he would I did say that. Yeah, you did. I think he would have anyway. Oh, oh well. Poor I think Paul. he would have. Paul had a rough day. Yeah, I would say so. It didn't end well. <laughs> I think that scream warrants a little break. Let's go to break. We'll be back. And we're back. And this is where we discover that now Paul has disappeared. And it's Tony that sees that he's gone. They try calling his cell phone because they're all arguing. And they're like, why don't you just call him? Right. When they call him and something answers, it's just this weird 
screaming interference sound. It's like a shriek, but yeah. warbly. But it I think. sounds technology-ish. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. It's hard to describe because it was like that weird noise in host mm-hmm. when there was a weird ghost interference with the technology. Right. And that's what it sounded. It was very loud and kind of jarring. Yes, it is. Ugh. And then that was it. Right. Then they hear the piano playing. Oh, yes. Yes. And they think, oh, it's Paul. Ha ha. They go and investigate and Paul's not there. Right. It's only the mannequin. Mm-hmm. And as they're there, it makes noise. noise. And they still don't think this is weird. I think they really They thought... really think that he's screwing around with them. Yeah. But maybe it's because he's done so before in the past. I kind of got the feeling that this has happened before, that he messes around with them. They kind of alluded to that in one of the conversations. Yeah, that that could be it. Tony and Mac are the ones that are investigating the piano noise, and then they go into the basement to mm-hmm. investigate further. Tony is freaking out. He, he is. is freaking he is. out. I think it's starting to get to him. They go to the basement. The The clowns are there. And initially, they're just looking forward. Mm-hmm. And then when they look away and then look back at the clowns, now the clowns, all three of them are looking at Tony and Mac. And this is where Tony freaks out. He flips out. And he's like, I believe in ghosts. So he thinks this is real. Mm-hmm. And Mac is like, I don't believe in any of this, blah, blah, blah. Like, right. calm down. And Paul reappears. Right. I don't know how they didn't see him at first, but he's sitting up against the wall. Because I, the only argument I have is, okay, at the entrance of the, the basement, Paul is sitting to the right. Mm-hmm. When they initially walk in and it's dark in there, they're looking towards the clowns, which are ahead. Right. And they got distracted. Or the other explanation is he just appeared. Right there. Right there. Yeah. But Paul's not talking. He's like in a daze. like He's catatonic. Just, yes. There you go. He's just not there. And Tony just, he's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm quitting. He runs out of the house. He's like screaming and yelling that he, he can't do this anymore. And he says he's going to quit. Yep. But then Max says he has to stay. And this is... Do you want to explain why? Yeah. So it's really not explained in the movie. And from, I did some digging because I remember that... And it, maybe it was in the director's cut where maybe this was addressed or in one of the other movies. So I wasn't sure, but yeah. I had a feeling I remembered. But there are clues throughout the movie itself that allude to the fact that they had to leave New York and go to a small town. And they even had to sleep in the hotel itself, which they never did before, which alludes to them having money problems Mm -hmm. because they wanted to get automated props and alex said that you know he didn't want to spend the money on that and and it it just shows that they're lacking money Mm -hmm. and the employees themselves which is sarah and um, mac and tony and paul they don't know that this is going on the only one that knows right now is Mac. Is Mac. Which is when we saw them arguing. Having that argument. Exactly. Maybe that's when Mac found out too. He probably didn't know he, before. I think that's when that happens. And Got this it. and and when Tony um storms off and Mac chases after him, that's when he tells them about the Abaddon and why they had to stay there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because they are having Financial, financial issues. issues. Um, yeah. Alex They're has lost, hole. yeah, all their operating capital. And if they don't pull off this hunt, that's it. They're done. And this is when Tony, regrettably, I guess, yeah, reconsiders 
and goes back. Poor Tony. I don't know. I think I would have just left anyway. Yeah. Wouldn't you? For sure. Because obviously he and Pa are the only ones that think this is weird. And nobody seems to think that Sarah is acting weird. Yeah. I. Because there was, I forgot to mention this part. There was a scene a little bit earlier where they're trying to film a commercial. Mm-hmm. Out, like out in the woods. Oh, a little yeah, wooded that's area. right. That's right. And all of a sudden they look over to Sarah and she's just standing in front of this, it looks like a saint statue. Mm-hmm. And she's just staring at it. Yeah, like it's spaced weird. Out. Like spaced, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. When they call out to her, she looks over at them, and I don't remember her facial expression, but it was weird. And she just walked away. Yeah. No explanation. None. Nothing. And None. then, and then I don't know if it was that same night or like a night after is when she did the wall. The wall thing. So the hotel is also targeting her. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's influencing all of them. I know, but she seems like a big target and Paul. Yeah. and Because they're probably... I guess what you would call the weak-minded mm-hmm. people. Like, I would be one of those because I'm, you're scared. Yeah. And maybe that's what's going on. So that's when we find out. I mean, actually, there is a, a clue here because I wrote in my notes that Matt tells Tony that Alex screwed them, so he has to stay. And that is what this is all about, the whole money thing. They don't have a choice. But I don't know. I would I know. still be like, bye. I know. Paul is still asleep or just like in that catatonic state and he just won't snap out of it. Yeah. They kind of show him lying on this mattress in his mm-hmm. room. Yeah. And he's all covered up and he's he's got his back to the camera mm-hmm. and he's just... Unresponsive. Unresponsive. Say. Alive. But, yeah. Well, alive. Whatever that might Whatever be. Whatever that is. Yeah. Now it's opening night. The big night. Melissa, like I mentioned, is the actress in the basement who's the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Joey the clown is sitting in the clown with the mannequins mm-hmm. because he's technically the security. Right. Because there's make, no camera. Right. Because they can't have they because they can't have camera down there or video feed. Right. They figure for secure for security reasons and to keep Melissa safe. Little did they know. Yeah. Um, he should be there just in case somebody goes a little crazy. Right. Because they have her like with her in her underwear. Pretty with much. Barely much covering her. Yeah. They have a crowd. I think I thought it was funny how you're like that's a crowd. I'm like yes it is for a small town and yeah. it's not even Halloween. That's true. Yeah. It was opening. The, okay. Okay. It was I'll a pretty you- break big crowd and it looked like they were letting people in a little bit at a time which is what they normally do anyway in small batches all hell breaks loose it derails this is when it derails completely melissa the actress the damsel in distress she gets approached by these cloaked figures and joey the clown the security clown runs out screaming bloody murder in the meantime she's been screaming this is not part of, of the, the show. Of the show. But people are not believing her. Because there's a fine line, right? On yeah. Halloween. What if that was part of the show? The exactly. cloaked figures coming out of nowhere. And she's just acting so good at being scared. That you're going to believe it. That people think it's part of the show. Right. I think when people obviously started freaking out. One, when Joey ran out, it's like, wait a minute. Why is that guy? Or is that part of the show too? Exactly. You don't know. You don't know. Exactly. I think obviously when these cloaked figures came toward her and it, the, it the camera like looked away. Yeah. But it looked like they were hurting her and right. killing her. Mm-hmm. I think that's obviously when the chaos ensued and people started going back up. Right. You know, into the hotel. So imagine a ton of people stuck in a basement trying right. to go up a narrow staircase 
Pandemonium. Right. Pandemonium. Absolutely. And it's all cramped in there. Yeah. Sarah and Mac are together, I think, just filming and making sure. They were, like, behind the scenes making mm-hmm. sure things are going okay. And Mac tells Sarah, go go find out what's happening. And that's when you see her running back upstairs, which was in the original YouTube video mm-hmm. of the hunt. Right. Mac is then trying to get people out in a, I guess, organized fashion. And, and he's the one holding the camera yes. at this point. But now the hotel's trapping them. He can't get out, so he tries to lead people, the you know, the customers out another way. Right, through the dining room. Right. And then Tony, he sends Tony to go back to the basement to help down there, figure out what's going on down This is a little muddled here, what happened, and Tony just disappears. Yeah, he's obviously sucked down into the bowels of the basement. Into hell. Yeah. Then Mac and Sarah meet back up, and now they go into the attic to find Alex hanging himself, mm-hmm. or suggested hanging himself then when that's happening these cloaked figures surround sarah and mac the camera falls and it fades and we don't really know what happens there we can only assume they're doomed not yet we don't know yet we don't know yet but i i also wanted to mention that while all that's happening and mac and sarah are running around that they cut through the dining room Mm -hmm. you start to realize that the haunts in the hotel are starting to come to life. Yes. Because remember when they run through that dining room area, there's like this creepy kid in the, in in the, the corner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, oh. I saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we cut back to Sarah. She's at the interview. She says, I'm really tired. I need a break. Um, my room is 2C. Mm-hmm. Come and get me. Whatever. She encourages the reporter, Diane, to go investigate the hotel. Yes. She says that to understand it, you really need to go in there. Right. Encouraging breaking in. (laughs) Breaking and entry. And that was what Diane was saying. Well, that would not be the right thing to do. It would be illegal or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But this is when she's like, I encourage you. Go go check it out. Mm Mm-hmm. We find out that the interview is taking place in a hotel mm-hmm. because we're like, why would she say to see? But then when the scene, you know, continues, it shows Diane in like a hotel lobby and she's asking to where is to see to speak to to Sarah. And the receptionist is like, we don't have to see here. And there is no Sarah. And then and then Diane's like, well, can you look up Sarah? I don't remember her last name. And the receptionist is like, nope. There's no one here by that name. And so now you're like, huh? That's when Diane's like, all right, I'm going to go investigate the Abaddon. The cameraman come with me. But then like her producer or somebody else stays behind from her production team. Mm-hmm. And he stays behind to continue watching the videos left behind by Sarah. Oh, yeah. So now we come back to him watching it. And it shows the remainder of what happens inside the hotel. The night of the chaos. Right. Which is that Sarah did live, but now she runs into Paul, who beats her to death with a camera. He bludgeons her. Yeah, you really like that word. I do. I do. With the camera. So she's dead. Mm-hmm. Red alert. People, Sarah is dead. dead. And then Paul kills himself. Mm-hmm. 
Then we cut back to Diane breaking into the hotel and she's all excited because when she does get in, she sees the blood on the wall and on the floor, which now you put two and two together and that's Sarah's blood being dragged and all this. Or Paul, who probably both. Then they show, she gets a phone call. And it's the guy the who's guy watching that, that the tape, behind. and yeah. she ignored it. You know what's interesting, though? It was almost like a warning. Mm-hmm. The hotel allowed that phone call to, to come, come in. in, but she didn't take it. She decided to ignore the call. Yep, and she should have taken it, because if the if the hotel really wanted to, it could have not come in. Right. But then we don't know either that if when she picked it up, the hotel would have, like, cut the interference. Right. Either way, it was her warning. They go exploring upstairs in the rooms, and that's where she finds 2C. Right. And she's like, 2C? Even oh, my this, God. This has, she's actually thinking this is cool. But the camera guy's like, no, man. Yeah. The what do you mean? has got it going on. He, he sure knows. does. He, Yet again, another camera guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, we shouldn't go in there. That's not, that's not okay. Of course, this reporter breaks into the fucking room. And there's Diane. I'm sorry, Sarah. With her back to the to camera. Them. And she's sitting on the edge of the bed. Yes. Come on, people. You know. Why? Why? Because I would have been like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. Well, I wouldn't have opened that door. Right. The minute I see 2C. I would be like, I, that's like, really weird. And that's if the hotel lets you leave at this point. So now you're really screwed. Yeah, but I'm going to still try. Well, I'll yeah. i jump out of a window. I don't care. I know. And I would say... I wouldn't be breaking in or whatever, walking into that hotel, but we've done, (laughs) we've been to an abandoned hotel before. Yes, yes, we have. So I can't even say, why why did you go in there? Because we have done it. Yes, we have. (laughs) But if, I don't know, the whole 2C thing is like, no. enough of a hint to say, you know what, maybe we should get the hell out of here. Yeah. So, folks, we are back at our normal level. We had a bit of a malfunction, but we didn't want to re-record it because we really liked what we had to say. So, we apologize for my voice sounding very far off in the distance. We can only attribute it to the fact that probably the Abaddon Hotel is luring us. Interfering and luring us towards it. (laughs) Maybe it was for... Maybe it was part of the show. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so let's continue. They look away from Sarah, and when they look back, now she's looking at them with a scary face. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all messed up. Her yeah. face is messed up like creepy lady who attacked Paul. Right. And she's now with her peoples. Her henchmen, as I call them in my notes, <laughs> which is the cloaked... The cloaked figures, figures or yes. demons, I guess, or who knows? We don't really know. And that's it. Yeah. Then... All the static happens, and then the camera comes back, and everyone is, is gone. gone. Like, the room is empty. So the hotel lures people... To take their souls. To take their souls and keep the hotel in business, so to speak. Yeah. For hell. Clearly, Sarah was sent to lure more people in. I guess it was hungry. It was time to feed the hotel. Part of the director's cut was that apparently Alex did know the history... Of the hotel. Of the hotel. Mm-hmm. So we can say that he got lured as yeah, well. He did. <laughs> and that's Hell House. Love it. Bravo. <laughs> so amazing. 
I still love it after the fourth, fifth, I don't know how many times I've seen it. And how many more times will we watch this? It has become, like I said, one of my absolute favorite horror movies. It's a gem. Please watch it. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I would think that the screams that you heard from Erica should be enough to convince you to watch this movie. (laughs) For real. For real. When we were recording Jaws, we had like a light bulb moment and thought we might want to be adding a new category in the new year for season two of Horror Cafe. And we are happy to introduce a new category called Who Would I Be in the Movie? All right. Who would you be? I think (laughs) that I would be Diane the Reporter. Why? Because... You know I have a very curious nature of asking why over and over and over and questioning things. And going into abandoned places. Yeah, that too. (laughs) And having that I want to do it thing, which sometimes could be foolish, I admit. So far I've been safe, but (laughs) (laughs) I think that I would be the reporter, Diane. And of course I'd end up dead at the end, but yeah, that's who I would be. Okay. I have a feeling I know who you would be, but go ahead. I would be Paul. Absolutely. I would be, number one, I would be the camera person because I'm usually the one taking pictures. I'm the one behind the camera. I would be the one noticing everything wrong. And of course, all the haunts would happen to me because I'm the weak one and I would be the susceptible one. And I would be the one like, hello, does anyone else notice? (laughs) And yes, I would. Well, everyone died. So none of us are safe anyway in this movie. That's true. That's true. But I would definitely be Paul, the nervous one. Of course, I would be the one getting attacked Mm -hmm. in bed (laughs) by a creepy. And you would definitely be under the cover like that. And I would scream and do the no. (laughs) Or worse, who knows? (laughs) I like this new category. It's a fun category. It's a fun one. I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. That's who I would be. (laughs) All right. How about... Sound in movie. I think we talked it out already. Yeah. That we agree. I mean, besides that piano tune, there's really no music in the movie. I noticed found footage doesn't have music. Yeah, well, because it's found footage. Right. That makes sense. Unless there's some kind of music in the background. Right. There's really none. Right. But I think the little piano tune. Yeah. Hands down, the piano tune is it in the movie for sure. Best scene. What was your best scene? The the one that you would be in, <laughs> Paul and the Dead Chick, oh, I God. just find it amusing because when we watched it together, your reaction, I know it's coming and I could actually see you doing that. Yeah. But aside, all that aside, the that scene is scary as hell. Yeah. I mean, is. even as a kid, how many times you as a child and sometimes even as an adult, don't you kind of get freaked out and you pull a sheet over your head and you pull it down slowly. And hope nothing's there. And hope nothing's there. In yeah. Paul's case, there was something really terrifying I guess there, he was but... hoping that if he hid under the covers, she would go away. And right? I think that's the theory that's the for theory. everyone hiding under the covers that when you look, it'll be gone. So yeah, that I, I think it, it, it taps into that childhood fear. And that's why I like the scene. I love that scene. And what about you? I, it was a toss-up between that one, because ultimately, to me, that's one of the scariest scenes. But it really wasn't. To me, one of the scariest scene next to that one, and it just, it's what started, like, more creep factor, was the 
the clown mannequin, the star, Mm -hmm. at the foot of the basement, or at the top of the basement stairs where he wasn't looking at Paul, and then all of a sudden he's looking at Paul. Because that's when you really are like, okay, we had seen the cloaked figure Mm -hmm. when they first got there, but this is kind of saying, oh yeah, we're fucking with you now. We're here. Because we're moving this mannequin around. It's not a human, it's something moving it around and moving the head. Like, it's just, it was... This is what I mean that the movie is simple. Mm-hmm. It's a simple thing. And it works really well. And then it doesn't help that that mannequin, which you should Google, is really scary to look at. That's it's true. a very different looking clown. It's just weird. And I love it. That clown actually reminds me of a character in another movie, but I can't pinpoint what movie it is. I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to have to think about that. Maybe we'll come across that movie at some point and it'll click. But it reminds me of another clown character somewhere else. But yeah. anyway, I digress. What about, let's go on to best character. Well, I put Paul. Because <laughs> he knew what was up. He's been, he knew almost from the get-go that something was wrong. And I agree with you. I, Paul was my favorite because he was in tune. He was in tune tuned into the environment the environment he he sensed it he knew yeah. it but nobody listened to poor paul yeah so is that your favorite character too yeah it is perfect i just liked him because he had a bit of a sense of humor too yeah uh, cool. so yeah I, I liked him what about best unlikable character we both agree on this one too alex, alex. yeah he's a jerk he's an asshole he knew about this hotel he knew but Money is what drove him to do it, and probably the Abaddon seized that I was going to say, maybe the Abaddon had a lot to do with how he was acting. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah. But that doesn't not make him a jerk. All right. Does it hold up? Absolutely. Yep. It sure does. <laughs> it does to me. What is this? Five, six times the charm? <laughs> Every time. And here's our favorite part. The seven rules. Take it away, Erica. Rule number one. Don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs, in the basement, in the attic. Rule number five, why are you going in there? If it says don't enter or it just looks fucking creepy or danger. If it's boarded up, no trespassing. Yep. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, no Ouija board. All right. I have, why are you going in there? Not only for the reporter, mm-hmm. but for them. For them. Like, and living there, for that matter. Yep. And they go into the basement and the attic. Mainly the basement is obviously the hands-off. Mm-hmm. And now that I thought about it, when they've gone into the basement, especially when it was Tony and Mac, they didn't really turn, they didn't turn on lights or took like a flashlight or something to illuminate the situation better. Better than the, the than light what, on the camera. Like, yeah. hello, Yeah. what is the matter with you? So, those are the rules that I have. Yeah, they didn't really have lights on a lot. Even Paul had his light off in his room. Well, I mean, he was sleeping. He turned it on when he was filming. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, even at night when they heard the noises, like... They didn't turn know. the they hall light really on They didn't turn on the lights when they went downstairs with yeah. the clown there. Yeah, so Very there you weird. go. There's another one. They didn't yeah. turn on light when they should have. Absolutely. So those were the rules broken in Hell House. And then last but not least. (laughs) The Scream Award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? I mean, I put five out of five, but it should be like a hundred out of five. 
I was so stressed out, even though, like I've said, I've seen it quite a bit. Still good. You were out of control in that specific scene with Paul. So you get a big gold star. Of a Scream Award. Of a Scream Award for that one. Cool. And, of course, you all got to hear it. <laughs> not embarrassing at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it's funny. And that's a wrap on Hell House. We watched this movie on Amazon with our Amazon membership. If you want to watch the director's cut, you do have to rent it for a fee. But otherwise, it's part of the membership. You can also rent this on YouTube, Apple TV, and Vudu. If you find yourself wondering, where can I watch this movie? On what streaming service out of your 10 streaming services? You can download the app, Just Watch. Type in the name of the movie and it'll tell you exactly where it streams, if it's free, if it's part of your membership, and how much the rental is. It's an amazing app. It is an amazing app. And it's great. Of course, I just text you and say, where are we Just download the app, Mom. (laughs) This is not sponsored, but we just love this app and figured it would help you out to find where your movies are at. But hey, guys that just watch, if you want to sponsor us, we're all for it. Let us know. Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook with our handle at Horror Cafe Podcast. And we also have a website, horrorcafepodcast.com. Please comment, like, subscribe, send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. We love feedback and fan mail. I get really excited when I get an email from our followers. And please send us emails because we really read them and we do reply. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll really help us out. You can leave the star review. And if you can leave a comment, that would be great too. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. And until next time... Stay spooky. Bye, everyone. Bye.